0: welcome to the imperfect leader podcast i'm scott Neal, your host today i have the honor of introducing you to al bailey al is the owner and operator of now one center for inner training located here in elizabeth city north carolina i learned so much from this interview al's a great guy and has a ton of information to give you so sit back and enjoy this interview today you're going to learn you're going to want to contact al and find out more so enjoy this Before we go to the interview, let me encourage you to go by our iTunes page and give us a five-star review. Also, share this podcast with your friends. We want many more people to check out uh, these interviews and learn and grow. And we want to learn and grow too. So give us some comments, some questions that you have about the podcast and how we can improve. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the interviews. All right, let's get to the uh, interview with Al Bailey. Al, it is an honor to have you here today. Thank you. It's a blessing to be here. Well, I'm glad you you are. I've actually wanted to sit down with you for quite a while. I follow you on Facebook, and I've seen different things that you do, and been excited to introduce you to our audience and let people know more about who Al Bailey is and what you do, and I think you'll be a huge benefit to some hopefully new uh, people who will check out your website, check out what you do, and uh, I think their life will be positively impacted because of you. Good. Yeah. So I'm excited. So let's jump into it because I want to introduce you to uh, to our audience. What is Nawan Center? What now, is it?
1: Nawan Center is a space of peace. You walk in and you feel peace. You feel comfortable. Your body relax. It's yeah. about relaxing and being able to feel comfortable and free wherever you are. Nawan Center is it's a massage base clinic. Where we work with individuals with their personal struggles and show them how to transform the energy of the struggle into an ally. Hmm. So,
0: what would be a typical struggle someone would walk into your center, you know, kind of dealing with? And what's a little bit of the process you have for.
1: I work with a lot of people with grief mm-hmm. and anxiety. OK, so someone comes in and
0: they're just had gone through a trauma maybe earlier in life or even mm-hmm. a, a recent one, mm-hmm. and they walk in with a, a high level of anxiety or mm-hmm. stress, and they're mm-hmm. like, Al, I need help.
1: First thing I'd have them do is to stand straight up and take a breath for me, hmm. because that tells me if they're breathing from their belly. If how, di- do you
0: know, how do you know if they are
1: or aren't breathing If correctly? they breathe properly, the shoulders don't move. The belly expands. When we inhale, and it, the diaphragm contracts and push the lungs to move the air out. All right. So
0: if you see the shoulders moving, how are they breathing incorrectly? I didn't even realize that there that was means a way that to they're breathing. Breath- that means
1: that they're breathing from the from wherever I see them move up. Okay. The lungs go down to the last rib. And the lungs protect the, the lungs are protected by mm-hmm. the ribs, mm-hmm. and so the the full belly breath is how we breathe from birth. But because of stress and tension and the anxiety and precondition of uh, thinking and thoughts that we're born into, it causes us to shallow breathe. And sooner or later, if you start shallow breathing when you're young, then your lungs never really develop down into the, to the ribs. And so when they take a breath and the shoulders come up really big, I was like, well, you have one problem. And I tell them, would you believe it's just breathing? They're like, what? I was like, yeah, you're... You're holding your breath according to what you're thinking, trying to figure, hmm. and the figuring does not work without incorporating the feeling. So did I hear you correctly that you know
0: if a when it, when a child is born, mm-hmm. if he or she's healthy, I mean you know a healthy infant breathes correctly. Yes. And then the trauma, the stress, the anxiety that begins to get introduced to this person's life, mm-hmm. they begin to. Uh, shallow breathe
1: and as hold, a result and hold the, the breath and
0: hold the breath yes
1: it's um when they're born they're taking on their parents energy from the conception that gave the child its unique rhythm of breathing that was going to develop mm-hmm. once they're from the womb so when they come from the womb it's <gasps> Right, They inhale. They bring all that energy from their parents into them. So right. to understand themselves is to work through that which comes up throughout their life. Mm-hmm. And if they're taught to breathe through some type of martial art or some type of training or practice, then they stay close to that original breath rhythm. If their parents are unhealed or not balanced and they're projecting negative energy to the child without knowing then the child's breathing rhythm is affected by the parents how they're carrying on with the child as it's developing. Yeah. So I, I'm just sending her thinking
0: about so many, you know, infants um, and young children who are exposed to a lot of stress and anxiety mm-hmm. in the home. Mm-hmm. Could be the parents going through their own marital stress or, yes. you know, or whatever would bring anxiety. And so the earlier that is exposed, or child, the earlier that child is exposed to that stress. Mm-hmm. Um, the earlier they begin to lose the deep breathing yes, and they move to shallow breathing. What yes. are some of the, what are some of the symptoms? Maybe someone is listening and, and they're going, well, do I, you know, do I shallow breathe, you mm-hmm. know, or do I deep breathe other than the, than the shoulders and noticing that what are mm-hmm. some of the effects of a person who consistently shallow breathes? When you hear them speak,
1: you will notice them grasping for oxygen mm-hmm. between sentences. Uh-huh. And sometimes they'll, pause and you can just f- watch their body language will tell you sometimes it's the posture sometimes it's how they walk It and tells when, it gives me information when I see them I can read and, and and the danger of that
0: or the the effects of that the negative effects mm-hmm. oxygen not getting into the, the cells of our body our brain what what's kind of the the, the negative side of that stress? It, so it produces stress. So stress produces the shallow breathing.
1: And shallow breathing and produces shallow, the stress. So it's in a circular. It's a circular stuck space. It, when we shallow breathe and hold our breath, we're releasing negative hormones into the body. And when that builds up to be too much, then the body's going to respond and according to its condition. So if you're weak in certain areas, they're going to be really noticeably affected by your shallow breathing and holding your breath. Yeah. So you get them
0: through, start kind of watch their they're breathing the way they do when they come into your office, mm-hmm. breathe for me, mm-hmm. and you see if there's some shadow breath. How How do you go about helping them get from the shadow breathing? Because I assume that's a habit they've mm-hmm. developed. Yes. Yeah, to, to get into the habit of deep breathing and mm-hmm. healthy breathing. Mm-hmm. What, what does that kind of look like? Okay.
1: I don't use the term deep breathing because okay. breath has a, a focal point of reference, which right. is just below the navel. Okay. So it does. if you f- can breathe here, it covers all the deep. And it. It, and it feeds the entire okay. body. So what what do you refer to it as? Shallow breathing core. and then core breathing.
0: Core breathing. Okay, It's so the center. Got there. it. So you help someone
1: move from the shallow to the core. Right. And what's, First, what's an exercise? It begins with the recognition. First I ask them, when you recognize that you're shallow breathing or holding your breath, what were the thoughts prior? Hmm. Because the thoughts are directly related to them holding and shallowing the breath. So the problem becomes the solution. It's how we respond that counts. It's not what's happening outside of us that makes us feel anything. It's how we respond. So if your response upon the recognition of the stress is to exhale first, It's what I have them do. Once they recognize what it is, they don't have to tell me what it is because sometimes it's private and they're not ready to talk about it. But I show them how to process it so they can work through this. Mm -hmm. Rather than figuring about it, they can breathe about it. it. So if they exhale upon the recognition, that's like putting up a screen or protective measure or an awareness screen around you so that exhalation brings the mind back into the moment where the clarity is. Then if they really struggle, I have them watch the temperature. Upon the exhalation, wait for the breath to come back. Hmm. And so watching the temperature as the breath comes in is always cool. And it's always warm going out. If you just watch the temperature, your mind will realign with Hmm. the moment. It come right back into the moment. And it can't roam in past and future without you knowing. So it's it's almost a like, kind of like a
0: recentering of yourself. Yes, reset. Yeah. I, I would say I, I can't put a percentage on this, but I would imagine it's pretty high. People who never think about what you're what you're describing right now.
1: People never think yeah. about it. That's they, why they it's just, so farmed. They don't
0: really think about what shallow mm. or core breathing or right. if it's in rhythm. And I have done a little, very minor compared to what i you, you have I'm positive but a little bit of reading on anxiety and stress, just because mm-hmm. I've gone through some of my own throughout my life, and um, you know, one of the exercises that they'll help you, or I've read in some books, is, is to begin to pay attention to your breathing, mm-hmm. because the more anxious you get, the more you know, fast your breathing gets, mm-hmm. the more shallow it gets. And to start to count your breathing, mm-hmm. you know, and basically it's just a slowing down, mm-hmm. trying to get your body back in and the sync. biorhythm rhythm. Yeah. Down. Getting yeah. back in rhythm. So mm-hmm. that's interesting because it, it it goes along with what you're saying right now. Paying
1: attention. It, to everything breathing. is breathing related. Yeah. Everything. There's nothing that's not breathing related. Dying. Yeah. Birth. Right. Birth is the first trauma. So we've all been through trauma. Yeah.
0: You know, and it's interesting Al, because I've, you know, as a pastor, I've been, um, you know, at the bedside of people who have, um, taken their last breath, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've been there Mm -hmm. and I've witnessed that very sacred moment where the, the breath goes out of that person. And, and on several occasions, you know, I've watched as they exhale that last breath and then they're gone. So, the very first moment of life is the inhaling, Mm -hmm. and the very last moment of life is the exhaling.
1: And what's between is is living.
0: That's right. (laughs) Exactly right. So, without breath, there is no no life. There's no
1: life. There's no life. So, that's just one of those things
0: that we just move through life and never pay attention to the very. We take it for granted. We do. Absolutely, we do. So helping a person get back in rhythm is something that would occur yes. as soon as they walk into your office and yes. they're under stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I assume you see immediate benefits in these people's lives. Oh, yes, yeah. they
1: do. And they give me feedback. That's what—that's part of my motivation is yeah. the feedback that I get from people who actually— What do you hear? Thank you. Yeah. What do I see? I see tears. Mm-hmm. They cry. Yeah. Um, they send me people. That's how I advertise. I don't advertise really. You got to talk to my sister. You got to see my neighbor.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? I know somebody can yeah.
1: use this. You know, right. and it's like it's just a chain reaction. I would imagine many of them are like, I just can't believe it was that that simple. <laughs> yeah, that I simple. went this long having what I was looking for yeah. inside me. Right. But because of the conditioning, previous conditioning of the parents, sure, passed down to them, mm-hmm. they look outside themselves for what they need. And it's not there. Yeah, it I leads, would say we, it leads we're back to always
0: looking outside ourselves mm-hmm. for what we need, mm-hmm. and it's always you know another person mm-hmm. or
1: a thing, the, the thing. Yeah, space. yeah s- if I can just
0: get a yeah. different house, a different mm-hmm. car, different clothes, <laughs> you know. And again, as a pastor, I sit and spend a lot of time, you know, counseling people who've been down that road, mm-hmm. and they're still unfortunately miserable, and they have the house and the car, and they're in their second or third marriage, and. Mm-hmm. You know, they have all the things on the outside and they still struggle with so many of the stuff on the inside. Mm-hmm. So it's great that someone like yourself is helping them to focus in on what's going on internally yes. rather than just trying to fix it through um, an external change or uh, through medication, because mm-hmm. that seems to be the first thing we go for. Right? Wait, wait. Let me write you a prescription. Yeah. Take this and you'll feel a whole lot yeah. better. And it certainly helps with some of the symptoms mm-hmm. at times, the medication. Oh, it doesn't
1: bring solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right back to where you were before. The body so. was designed to heal itself. It was created yeah. that way. Yeah. And it it's begins. A, it's, a,
0: it's an amazing thing, the body. The, the healing begins
1: how the body began, yeah. breath and rhythm. We all have a unique rhythm from birth that the body remembers, that it can't forget. But we can forget it in the mind, mm-hmm. so we fall out of balance. So once we recognize the out of balanceness, again the recognition, the recognition is actually the healing. Once you recognize what you're dealing with, you can do something about it. Until you recognize what you're dealing with, you can't change it. You can't make. So the when changes. you say the
0: recognition, the realizing, it, it's it, it's maybe a term I would use is the admitting of where you are, the confession of kind yes. of what's real is going mm-hmm. on here. Because mm-hmm. many of us live, and this is something I've been working through in my own life, and. And uh, doing some reading on, it's just many of us live in a in a um, in a fantasy world, or we live in a in a, a make sh- we we've kind of created something, and, and we live in this world that's not true. Holy weird! Yeah, <laughs> we've we've got to get back to what's true. Mm-hmm. What's true about my health? What's mm-hmm. true about my mind? Mm-hmm. What's true about the habits in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, we excuse a lot of things that mm-hmm. are very uh, u- ultimately dangerous for us. Yes. Um, we're not honest about our marriage or we're right. not honest about our finances or we're not mm-hmm. honest about that. So it's, it's getting the, the
1: truth. It's narrowing. Yeah, it's coming it's, back to where it began. It's always yeah, been there. Yeah, Things that are not true have fallen away and the truth will just stand without yeah. any kind of interference. I have a formula that I use mm-hmm. that begins with the recognition. Okay. Now that you've recognized, what are you going to do about it? Mm. You relate. These are ours. You relate with what you've just recognized. Through the relating, you come to a realization that's personal. That realization brings about an aha moment, like you start to remember. Mm. So you recognize, relate, realize, remember. You remember, that's familiar, so you start to relax a bit Mm. and you release. That releasing helps your body to start the renewal. And the renewal moves into the replenishing rejuvenation, regeneration. Wow. And these are all the things that the earth does. Yeah. And our rhythm is so related to the earth rhythm. Yeah.
0: It's amazing. I was watching something um, uh, not long ago. Um, I enjoyed, you know, watching some science, you know, videos on YouTube or Netflix or whatever, and how the earth heals itself, whether even even if it goes through, you know, obviously with hurricanes and tsunamis and, All these different things but this particular um, show was on you know the nuclear fallout you know if if atomic bombs you know were exploded what would the earth have to do to replenish itself and it would take a lot longer because Mm -hmm. of the radioactivity but even with that the earth has the ability to clean itself it has the ability to get it back Mm -hmm. into this sense of rhythm Mm -hmm. and it's an amazing thing the oceans that wash and and clean the rains Mm -hmm. that you know, wash the trees and the pollen and all these different things. So, we're made from that earth. Yes. we're made from the dust, and we have that ability mm-hmm. uh, to re to 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 heal mm-hmm. and to replenish. That's beautiful. It's
1: everything is here that we need. Yeah, and um, the earth is um, it's like a living mechanism, and it's always balanced. So when you see the hurricane and the earthquake and volcano, that's the earth maintaining its own hmm. homeostasis. Yeah. It's own balance. Yeah. And that's us, you know. When we go inside and start doing things for the inner self, that's maintaining the balance. Yeah. When we go outside the self, now we're adding more layers that we'll have to deal with later because we're nonlinear beings. But we've been conditioned to deal with ourself with linear thoughts. Now explain more of that. We're nonlinear beings, but we're conditioned. We're our energy is cyclical and cyclical base. Okay. The energy in your spine goes up and down in a figure eight, constantly, even mm-hmm. while you sleep. The sun's energy moves through you while you're sleeping, while that energy is going on mm-hmm. in a figure eight to the center of the earth and back to the sun. It continues in a figure eight mm-hmm. all the time, every eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Your local on the eights, the weatherman. Yeah, his energy and knowledge comes every eight minutes, yeah. not every seven, every eight minutes. Yeah, inside of us, the energy cycles every eight seconds, mm-hmm. and this leads into what I studied in China, which was a Bagua Qigong, which is a form of circle walking, right, and exercise of stretching and breathing. That is the only medicine that they use in this diabetic hospital. Hmm. And that's where I studied this type of. Now, how training. long were you there? I was there for a month. Really? Mm-hmm. That'd be fascinating. Life changing.
0: I can imagine.
1: I was I was focused on a meditation while there, the whole time, and I journal every day, because I was there to assist one of my clients who had broken her arm, and her husband travels twice a year to do teachings and um, retreats. Yeah, and I just felt blessed and fortunate that I got to go and partake in everything that was going on. When I wasn't helping her, I was free. And so I got to pick up this knowledge and I fell in love with it and I came back. Out of the 35 people that traveled in the group, I'm probably one of the only ones that came back and started cultivating Mm. the training for 12 years before I would even talk about it because I saw the value and how powerful it was. Because when you're walking in a circle, clockwise, your energy inside your body is doing the same movement. Hmm. So when you stop, pause, go the other way, the energy has to do the same thing. Hmm. So you're actually physically moving energy. And that circling and cycling causes a vortex which cleanses the organs and brings fresh blood, oxygen and nutrients into those areas that are lacking. And that's what makes that circle walking so powerful. And it was taught to the first emperor of China. It was taught to the imperial guard as a self-defense mechanism. However, at the hospital, they only teach it for healing, for kidney. It's a diabetic hospital. Mm -hmm. And so it started from a seated position of just stillness. Then it came into standing with no movement. From there, the slower movement, which is Tai Chi, very gentle. Mm -hmm and then it speeds up to Qigong, and then Taekwondo, karate, all of these arts came from that one art, which was sitting, quiet, in stillness. Ba, which is the name of the circle walking, Bagua, Ba means eight, so we circle back to the eight. And Gua means the training, the work. What makes this a 24-hour thing is that when you're in the circle training, and I step outside the circle to go and live my life. Now I'm in practice. Mm-hmm. The practice is to return to breath when you're, when you're struggling, yeah. challenged, anxiety, whatever it is. It can be a celebration. Return to breath, and then celebration increases. It expands. Now you
0: introduce m- much of this
1: at your center for people. Yes. Okay. I do personal coaching. I see. For. Um, Individuals, couples, and I do small groups of five or less. That's great. For and all body. that's at your center.
0: Yes. Okay. Now you mentioned about helping someone when they come in with breathing. Now you go beyond just assisting with breathing. Mm-hmm. You're also a massage therapist as well. Yes. Correct. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. What, how do you, how is it different than, you know, someone who might just, find the phone book and look up a massage therapist and go seize them. They walk in for their appointment, they receive a massage, you know, and mm-hmm. it feels good and they leave. Right. How, how do you differ from the That's traditional program?
1: massage and my work is more body work okay. than massage. So it's, uh, specifically focused on their need and the progression that they're trying to achieve to reach a certain point of space in their life or in their health for optimal health and ultimate healing. Mm-hmm. Um, Body work is my intunement to your body's energy while we're working, and my hands become like my feet in a dance. Mm-hmm. Your body's energy is the music, and I'm staying clear in my mind so that your energy is telling my hands where to move, how much pressure, which modality to shift in and out of, and I'm staying focused the whole time. This is body work. Mm-hmm. The body does the work. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a
0: a custom approach. Yes. Every person has their own energy flow and you're trying to find that and and work within that. Mm -hmm. And this is just my first hearing that the way I understand it is a massage, your approach to to massage is uh, part of an overall approach. it's Holistic, holistic, right? Where sometimes not putting anyone else down who's a massage mm-hmm. therapist, but maybe the goal for for that person when they go to to the traditional approach is to receive a massage and they're finished. Mm-hmm. And your approach is the massage is part of a variety of things we do yes. to help you get back in rhythm, recentered or reset, mm-hmm. so that your entire life begins to to breathe and energy flows yes. in a in a uh, healthy way, and mm-hmm. you begin to you
1: and know, it affects the people around right. them too, right?
0: Oh, I'm sure, big time. Yeah. So, yeah, because of if, um, if a man who is who is experiencing stress and anxiety every day, mm-hmm. uh, obviously it's going to affect his wife, his kids, his job performance.
1: The dog, the cat. The do- <laughs>
0: right. And all that feeds back into making his life more stressful, mm-hmm. more anxious, because, mm-hmm. you know, if everybody else around him is miserable, which he may be causing. He it loves it's, company. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so he comes to you or, or anyone who offers something like this and begins to experience a reduction in stress and anxiety and begins to get more peace. And that also has a trickle effect. Yes. So it affects his wife and his kids and his job performance. Mm-hmm. It's better. Mm-hmm. And all of that lowers his stress even more so. Mm-hmm. So life starts to look much better for much him. Much better. Yeah. He sleeps better. Yeah. His food digests better. Well, this is a very interesting um, um, approach. And also just what you do is such a unique thing for so many people. Was this, how, did, how did you get into this? I mean, most kids, you know, obviously don't have a, a goal of growing up to be a holistic massage therapist. So how did
1: you move into this? Did you, have you always done this? or I've always been connected with this energy that I'm dealing with, okay. which is much greater than myself. Right. We call it God or whatever, right. you know. Um, I wanted to be a doctor as a kid. Around I'm five, six years old, my mom bought me this plastic stethoscope mm. and all the little doctor toys and whatnot, yeah. and I thought nothing of it really. And all of a sudden, in 1980, first of all, I was an athlete. So I was really in touch with my body, yeah. very present. I'd been a junior Olympian for six years, mm-hmm. and I played football, I ran track, and I played soccer after high school. And um, I had a car crash in 1980 five minutes to seven, 45 degrees outside in the pouring rain wow. and I almost broke my neck. I had a piece of uh, glass in my left ear that worked its way out the back up against my skull after two years. Goodness. I had it cut out and I started to heal and repair myself because my parents were from the old school and they didn't have a lot of knowledge about healing so I had to work on myself and through the process of working with myself, I learned about the power of breathing because at the impact of the crash, I lost my sight for about 40 minutes. I couldn't see. Goodness. And the equilibrium was thrown off because of the head injury from hitting the windshield. And the windshield broke out and my body was balled up to the side like so. And um, after about three days, I could walk again. I lost my ability to walk too. My mom would pull me up in the bed and feed me. It took, it, it taught me a lot and it helped me to reflect on my past to see how I got where I was. And um, during the crash, everything went in slow motion because I hydroplane. And in the slow motion, I was wondering, why is this happening to me? I asked the question, why am I dying so early? Because I, I pretty much just let go because I knew I couldn't control it. And um, a voice spoke to me in the image of a light. And I think it was Christ. And he said, you have a purpose here. Unless you find your purpose, you don't have a life.
0: Hmm. That had to be a powerful moment.
1: It was. It was. And that literally was enough to set you on the course where you were. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Near-death experience. Yeah. NDE they call it they study it now but I've had about three of them but that was the one that that put me on my path because it slowed me down to where I could see myself to see what I was doing to myself and blaming other people sure so how old
0: were you at this time 21 22 and prior to that
1: I was a wild child okay so you getting, had no real purpose. I was purposeless. You just <laughs> I wasn't a bad person. I yeah. just was mischievous and Yeah, just, and you had no purpose. You no had purpose. no direction. No.
0: And and this moment in your life awaken you mm-hmm. to the to the fact that there is a purpose yes. for you. What 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 next? I mean, how do you find that purpose? How did you begin the journey?
1: I began the journey um looking for employment. And I found a job the journey began before this accident. I didn't realize it until afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I had a job at this corporation, and um, I was working out of, they were in Norfolk, and they had vending machines in Elizabeth City, the Coast Guard base, the university, and around the place, and they would bring supplies down, and I would run the routes. Mm-hmm. And that, start, that was during the time of the, the accident. And um, afterwards, and the healing started, My next door neighbor was a massage therapist and I was playing soccer on an international club team from Norfolk State and another team from Virginia Beach. I'm the only American on the team and she would work on me after training and practice. And by the way, I was also uh, coaching or advanced soccer for kids nine to 15 at the same time. So I was very active and she'd work on me and I saw the benefits and I was like, wow, I I could do this. This is very, very helpful. And um, uh, two, three years later, I moved to uh, next Head. I gave up my corporate job of uh, vending and um, started working in the restaurant business. Waiting tables, busing tables, doing whatever I could to get in the door. And um, I met some really nice people in the next Head area and what they were doing back then in the um, 80s was traveling in the off season. And so I got to go to a lot of different countries in the Caribbean and travel. And um, I was in Trinidad one year and I was swimming in this cave off the island and had a vision of going to school to do what my neighbor was Mm -hmm. doing. And she had gone to this school right down the street from where I live in Virginia Beach. And so I got back into the country and I went straight to the school. and got an application before I came back to Elizabeth City. I kept the application for three years. Mm. While I'm at the beach, I work at uh, different places and I finally get a really good job at the village at Nags Head. And um, the boss came in one day and she she's kind of a short, beautiful lady. She looked up in my face. She says, sweetheart, what are you gonna do for the rest of your life? I said, hmm, I'd like to go back to school. And she said, oh, well, come on up and talk to her husband and herself. I don't call names, but um, she says, let's see what we can do. And the corporation Ammons there was very, very nice and kind to us. And um, they wrote me a check to pay for my schooling. Gave me an office at the Village at Nex Head Golf Club before I graduated. I was already doing body work. And um, I had to give up waiting tables mm-hmm. because I was so busy. And um, so that just confirmed this purpose. Yes. Yeah. I found my purpose. And from, the, I, from the
0: time that that you know you heard the voice, you saw the the vision, or whatever happened to you that said you you need a purpose because without it you have no life. How long was it from that to the moment you got the check to go to school? From
1: 1980 to 80 so that's about
0: a four-year period of time that Mm -hmm. you were somewhat still wondering Mm -hmm. Wondering. how all is this going to come together you know you there was a purpose out there for me somewhere and it was a slow journey before and did you know when you went to school this is it like as soon as you got into the
1: training and i had an idea because i being a junior olympian and athlete Mm -hmm. i was really into my body right And so I saw the benefits. I learned the muscles easy, the origins, insertions, nerve. Everything was easy to me. And I started teaching before I graduated. And I was like, "This could be something really interesting." So it all just came together. But it it was a slow dawn. Yes, it was slow. That's amazing. Yeah. Well,
0: Al, tell tell us a few, just a couple of principles or truths that you really hold dear that you would love to just deposit into some of the people listening. You know, I mean, I'm sure you have many things that you could say, but what's one or two things that you would just love to let them know?
1: The body is an endless recorder. It records. Hmm. It remembers more than the mind can know and knows more than the mind can remember. Hmm. So the bones hold information that's connected to the nerves the muscles. When we injure ourselves, the inflammation comes in to protect. The inflammation covers the information. So when we go to deal with the inflammation, we're uncovering information mm-hmm. that's pertaining to a present situation that's related to the past. Mm-hmm. So again, there's a separation for many people between their
0: mind and their body. Yes, yeah, it's not that they're not centered. That's again. out of balance. I remember reading something
1: which is dis ease. Yeah, not at ease, which right. is relaxed. Right, dis ease, which is not relaxed. It's yeah. out, out of balance. I read a quote. Um,
0: it's probably been a year or so ago, and when you said that, it I it re, I re, was reminded of it that the the mind the the body remembers what the mind forgets. And sometimes you're dealing with things, and you don't know why. We're and, looking outside of ourselves for yeah, the answer, exactly. and it's right in, inside. Yeah. It's in
1: the pain. Behind the pain, yeah. there's solutions. It's, there's like, it's like your
0: body's crying out. Mm-hmm. It's saying something, mm-hmm. but we don't listen. Mm-hmm. Is that is that accurate? Yes. We yes. just
1: don't listen to it. We don't listen because yeah. we're not. We're conditioned to not listen, to take the pill, to take the drink, to smoke the cigarette, or to. So you see those things as
0: covering up the body's trying to say something Mm -hmm. and we suppressing. Yeah, we suppress it. We stomp it down. Mm -hmm. We, you know, well, why do you think people do that?
1: Fear response ability. Mm -hmm. We all have an ability to respond. That's why the breathing technique that I use in my coaching is a response technique. So I teach people how to change from reacting to responding. And sometimes the response is to just watch. Mm-hmm. All right, so so separate
0: the reacting and the responding. Okay. Help someone see the difference in those two.
1: Reacting things. is coming from thinking. You're in your head. Mm-hmm. Something happens and you stay in your head. You're mm-hmm. reacting. Mm-hmm. Something happens and I exhale, I'm responding. Why? Because I went to breath first, mm-hmm. which gives me the option of responding as being still and watching, or interacting, yeah. rather than reacting. So,
0: so, so what separates those two would be uh, putting yourself in control of the moment, and rather than allowing your emotions to to just take over. Mindfulness. You, you, you think about where you are, mm-hmm. uh, and you respond according to what's happening. It's a it's an act of the will. Mm-hmm. You're not just you know. Throwing something or Mm -hmm. yelling or whatever, you're really thinking about. It's more constructive,
1: right? It's more nurturing, right? Because when we respond first in breath, we remain present, centered, balanced, because breath is always in the moment where balance and clarity is. Right. So we use breath as that that shock absorber Mm -hmm. to absorb the shocks in life, Mm -hmm. or that life jacket that Mm -hmm. keeps us afloat. Breath is always there for us, but we don't use it the way that we can. So once I share the response practice or technique, then it's up to you to practice. And I demand 51% of your energy in this work. Or I don't work with people Hmm. because it's a waste of time unless they're really ready to put that 51% in. I call it the self-help rule. Yeah, you got to help yourself if you want to help. Right. So by practicing the response, it returns the body's nervous system to more autonomic Hmm. rather than linear, which is automatic. Like we can control these microphones, the lights, the washer, the dryer, the cell phone. Things we can control are automatic. Things we have no control over are autonomic. Hmm. So it's a matter of trusting breath when I'm challenged, I go to breath first because I trust it and look at this. You can't see breath. So it's a great way to measure how strong your faith is, Hmm. is how well are you trusting your breath that you don't see and it can get you out of a lot of things and it can get you into a lot of things if you don't know how to, to use it and respect it and keep it first because it's primary. It's primary. It was here before we took our first one. Mm -hmm. We don't really, we're not taught enough about breathing in the West, but in the people in the East, they've Mm -hmm. been studying this Mm -hmm. for a long time. So now we're watching the merger of the two medicines. Do you see more of what you're teaching and what you're presenting? Do you see more of it rising within our nation?
0: It's big. Okay, good.
1: Especially in your uh, metropolitan communities where you have a, variety of people these type of conversations go on all over the town Hmm. and it's great but it's It's, somewhat unique to our area it's unique to this area and there's a few people here that are really tuned in we have the coast guard here and Mm -hmm. other uh, connections with people that travel and move in and out and they've been exposed to some of the same things that i have and which makes it really great and ideal and um there's even a few people in your congregation that I work with and deal with and relate to so many positive, good conversations. That's great.
0: Well, What is, what is one thing, you know, let's say a person's driving down the road right now listening to this conversation and they're saying, you know, I don't, I don't live there, you know, close to where Al is or, or maybe I can get to him later, but I'd love to, see some benefit of what you're saying? What What's one thing they could possibly begin to practice every morning or one thing they could begin to do that would help them experience some immediate benefits?
1: As soon as you wake up in the morning, put your mind on your breath and watch it. Watch the temperature of the inhale, cool, exhale, warm. Just watch the temperature for two or three breaths, four or five breaths. That will center your mind so that what comes up next, it can be priority or it can be something that you just allow to move on. If it attaches to your mind, you're holding your breath, you're shallow breathing. But if you keep your mind on breath, it will move on. Hmm. Because what's negative can't dwell in the moment. It's like a three second violation in Mm -hmm. basketball. Mm -hmm. The breath is always in the present. Mm -hmm. So the negative stuff that is ego-based can't stop in that moment. But so long, it's got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. So we use the moment as the place of reference. Yeah. That's. What,
0: what would you say is something that they could stop doing? Maybe it's a bad habit you've seen a lot of people.
1: Which, you know, when you get cut off in traffic. Okay. And it has nothing to do with you. Breathe first, exhale. And so you, so you don't take that be, on
0: quit reacting to that mm-hmm. you know uh, someone cuts you off in traffic we you want to give them the finger right. or just
1: cuss them out right. or just uh, yeah and which has nothing to do reaction, with us right. yeah it's triggering something already in us and it's all about our
0: response so if, typically in those moments you begin to breathe more shallow yeah. your heart rate goes mm-hmm. up uh, you're, you're not getting enough oxygen in. Stress hormones yep. are going into the weak parts of the All body. All over because someone cut you off in traffic. Somebody and you have you. no idea. Maybe they didn't see you. Maybe they had a horrible day, worse day than you had. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But you, you allow don't this person, through. you'll never see them again. Right. You don't know their name. Right. You don't know anything about them. Mm-hmm. And you allow them to ruin the next hour, two hours of your life. Sometimes they take yeah. it through
1: the whole day and yeah. spread it through the office. Yeah. They don't even realize they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's about... Responding in a way that's going to be nurturing rather than um, adding more stress and tension to your life. Yeah. You know, And once you start to contrast and see the difference in how I respond, now you're motivated. So this type of coaching that I do, it helps to motivate people Yeah. in a way that they are motivating themselves. Mm-hmm. Self-motivation. They become self-inspired. From this, Well, let me ask you this, Al, you know, obviously
0: you've got a lot of practice in, mm-hmm. in breathing correctly and resetting yourself and keeping your re- responses rather than reactions so much, but there's a lot of pain in this world mm-hmm. and the politics right now seems to just be, you know, in the forefront of a lot of people's minds and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the tension around our world and you can't even turn, you know, the TV on to the news without within the first few minutes seeing tragedy and the you know the gun shootings the shootings at schools school shootings and then we see and how do how do you see all of that I mean you have got to have some times where you feel some stress or you become aggravated or frustrated or um how do how do
1: you respond to those things I mean how do you deal with that the breathing has really helped me with that because I'm human, you know, yeah. so I'm gonna feel the pain and I see things and I feel the emotional connection because emotion is energy in motion and we're all emoting energy all the time. And so when I see, so, like today, I look on Facebook and I see a truckload of chickens, you know, and they're all compact and yeah. compressed and just, then that and, energy and, and is, something
0: like that has got to bother you. It's got to. you. You have such an awareness mm-hmm. of of nature, you know, and I would imagine, you haven't told me this, but I would imagine you have a love for animals. I do. Yeah. yeah. And oh. you see things like the chickens you mentioned, where some people might laugh at it and move on. Mm-hmm. That's something that is offensive to you. It is. So very, that's a great example. It's very So offensive. you see something like that, and, you know, you want to react to
1: that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you got to reset yourself in that moment. I, the breathing has really helped me with that because it, it puts me back into a, a space of clarity that I'm able to manage the situation. And um, depending on what it is, yeah it's, it's how I would respond. You have to pick your battles. You just can't respond and react all the time yeah. in ways that is not nurturing. Right. Um, sometimes it's a prayer. It's a hope for something better, right. or a shift in that situation for that person or that animal. I was in um, Saint Louis last week, and um, I saw the horses pulling the carriages in the street. And I could see how they are just depressed, hmm. beat up, tired, you know, and um, stumbling over the yeah. cobblestones, you know. And it's all for our pleasure, yeah, you know. Yet, why should the animals have to suffer, right? And um uh, it's a it's a little it's a little prayer. you know, first thing comes into my mind is prayer. why? Because in my personal philosophy of life, every breath is a prayer. yeah The next breath is not a promise yeah so every prayer, every breath should be a prayer yeah. And that's, to me, the only way that we could. And, and it's almost like every breath is also a fulfillment
0: of that prayer. It is. Because if you breathe the next moment, you're mm-hmm. still alive. You're still and you alive. still have hope and still you still have a future. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, it's there's, over. it's nothing there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know and, that, and that's the only way that we can right. pray without ceasing. That's right. Yeah. Is to good. see every breath as a prayer. I would imagine,
0: you know, being someone like, like yourself that is more and more aware of the breathing, the stress that's in people's lives. I'm sure you can see that when you walk down the street and you look at someone, you mm-hmm. can tell if that person is a stressed person mm-hmm. by their body language, by the way they're breathing, mm-hmm. facial expressions, etc. because you've become so much more aware of that. Also now much more aware, as you just mentioned about animals and mm-hmm. seeing a horse where other people wouldn't see that at all. The, the I guess the, if there's a downside to knowledge and a downside to awakening Mm -hmm. and beginning to have your eyes open to what's going on Mm -hmm. around you is that
1: you do see a lot more pain, see a lot more pain Yeah, and I have to not turn it off, but to stay in breath when we stay in breath and stay mindful of breath, you're allowing things to move through without attachment. So if I see something, that's how I remain unattached is to stay with breath because if it's negative, it's based on past and future. Yeah. But if it's eternal, it's always in the moment. It's in the now it's already connected with breath.
0: Well, you certainly have done a lot of things throughout your life and traveled and accomplished much. What is, what is one thing that you still have kind of as on your bucket list or a goal that you would like to achieve or maybe somewhere you've been wanting to visit or Mm. experience or learn before
1: You know, I want to carry people to places I've been. Okay. Because I see the benefits. Yeah. And I see their need. Yeah. I spent a month in the jungle Mm. after going to China. And that trip to China prepared me for my experience in the jungle where I was there to do the plant medicine of the ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't go to China, it would have been very difficult Mm. because the practice of the breathing and the bagua helped me. Maintained myself while I was in the jungle because we were isolated. And where where in the jungle were you? Iquitos, okay. Peru. Oh, yeah. We went up the Amazon. Yeah. Um, we met a shaman in Iquitos uh, and spent three days with him getting debriefed as to what to expect in the jungle, in the village. And then we went up the Amazon, had breakfast and had lunch on the boat. Long trip. Yeah. Got there and we walked three miles into the jungle. That's where we stayed for a month.
0: That's amazing. I've seen those jungles. I've been to Ecuador mm-hmm. twenty different times in Quito and mm-hmm. in Ecuador and see all the the mountains. We we got a chance to go up in Quito on a um, a uh, like a chair uh, cable car yes. and went up probably another I don't even know maybe another two thousand three thousand feet. And Quito itself is like seven thousand eight thousand uh-huh. feet uh-huh. up. And boy, we got up there. We could see volcanoes. Mm-hmm. We could see the jungles from where we were. Dense, green, beautiful out there. But I can only imagine being in the jungle. That had to be an experience. Yes.
1: Um, 19 of us met in Lima. And we were together. After about almost a week, you could feel the bonding that took place. You could feel it. You came really close. Everybody was close and tight. And um, the food was very special because we were, we were on a special diet because of the plant medicine that we were studying. Yeah. And um, they buried us in the ground up to the neck for an hour in silence just to prepare us for the medicine. And the medicine is actually a poison hmm. that the right amount makes it a medicine, which is all our medicines are poison, sure. but the right amount makes it a medicine. That's and the amazing. shaman knows exactly how much.
0: Now, where do these people, these 19... Come from all from the states oh, around wow. the world, no
1: Cleveland, Amsterdam, Norway, France. There was a couple from Colorado. There was a couple from Arizona. Our leader was from South Africa. Yeah. Jaya bears her name. And um she goes twice a year or so to do to do retreats. And um Cleveland. What's a what amazing experience? Yeah, the culture
0: represented there, and you're all together from around the world in the jungles of Peru. That's that's fascinating. Yes, that's amazing. Yes. Well, what what does Al? This is completely off of what we've been talking about. But what do you do for fun? What's a, what what's do I a do good for day fun? off for you?
1: Something you just really enjoy doing, or nothing? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if uh, my work is between the beach and the mountains, okay, and I travel everywhere in between. Yeah, so if I'm In this area, a a great day off would be to just be spontaneous. Yeah. Go to the beach. Right. Visit some people. Maybe some people, some elders or some people that may be sick or don't get out or haven't seen in a while. Just I love people. And so um if I'm in the mountains, it may be just a spontaneous Day downtown Asheville eating some really good food and having conversation in a coffee shop or um, doing a a mountain hike to a waterfall or travel to some other town outside the area. I know a lot of people. So sometimes I just like if I've had a long work period, I like to go. I have a few friends that own farms and I'll go to the farm and just chill and hang out. Um, I like to travel. I love to travel. Sometimes um, our family will get together and we'll go to Massanutten in the off season and do zip line and yeah. uh, play in the gym and the water park, and it's something that we're trying to do annually now. And that's, great. that's a good time too. Oh, good. And I love to fish. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Freshwater, saltwater, both,
0: both. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Both. I love the fish well I hope I hope you have many good fishing days yeah yeah <laughs> well how does someone contact you what's the best way if they're interested in knowing more about what you do and kind of learning about you
1: we have an upcoming website that's not um active yet it's alive but it's not active because okay. we're just um, we're almost finished and it's called breatheaboutlife.com. okay um then how, when have, do you project that'll be up and running within the next two weeks okay. or earlier. And they can go ahead and contact you on Facebook now if they want. You got a Facebook yes. page yes. and they can
0: like that page. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they haven't seen anything about it yet. Okay. This is the first time that I'm talking about it because oh, yeah. it's so fresh. Oh, great. And the person that is doing this work for me is someone who came from Asheville to my workshop in next Ed, um, in April. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what he did and I found out he was a graphic illustrator and he does websites. So he's been busy for the past week and he's come up with some awesome work. And I just can't wait to share it with people, but it's uh, www.breatheaboutlife.com. Great. And they can also do, this is another uh, domain that I just bought yesterday, which is the one in the breathing group, Breathe About It. Mm-hmm. That's now mine. <laughs> Great. dot com. Yeah. So breatheaboutit. dot com and life dot com. You can reach me there. Great. Um, all right. Well, it's been an honor to have you here, and
0: so fun learning about what you're doing and the impact you're having on people. I wish you all the best. I pray you many travels ahead, many new people, fishing, everything you get a chance to do and uh, teaching more and more people about the importance of breathing and holistic living. So I'm hopeful that people check out the website, especially when it gets up and running. We'll put the Mm -hmm. links there for people and uh, introduce you to a lot more people. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Imperfect Leader Podcast. As I mentioned at the beginning, please go by iTunes and give us a five-star rating and share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, I'd love to interact with you. You can reach me by visiting Scottneil.me or like my page on Facebook at facebook.com slash online. I'd love to know what you're thinking and answer any questions you have.